This is Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twine, and where I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world, sharing their stories, stories that may well resonate with you. Sit back and enjoy this week's Glass Half Full. So you're listening to Yawa Radio. It is Steve with Glass Half Full. You know, this program is all about sharing inspirational stories, real life stories, not the rah-rah-rah, not the big change of life in seven days stuff. We're not, we're not into that. We're into real life stories. And I'm joined on the line. I'm over in Denver now in Colorado. Joined on the line by, by Terry Tucker. Terry, how are you? I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me on. It is such a pleasure. You know, you have got such an incredible story, um, which I'm sure will inspire many, probably resonate with many as well, Terry, you know, and, and uh, you know, especially about overcoming adversity and challenges, my friend. God, where do we start? <laughs> yeah, pick a rabbit hole, right? Pick a rabbit hole. Let's go, down. <laughs> let's go down. Which one should we go down first? <laughs> I, I guess we could we could go down the old the cancer one. Um, that that's probably would be the one that's impacted me the most over the last nine years. Okay, but but be, but before that, you've had an interesting career though, haven't you? In um, various things that you've done, um, and I, I understand at one point you decided enough was enough and you wanted to make a change. I did. I, I've you know. If you look at my resume, I, I started out after college in the corporate headquarters of Wendy's International, the, the hamburger chain, mm. and then moved to hospital administration and then did a complete pivot and said I wanted to be a police officer and got into that. Got I, When I was doing that, I was an undercover narcotics investigator. I was a SWAT team hostage negotiator. And then my wife lost her job and she's pretty much the primary breadwinner in the house. <laughs> so we uh, we moved to Texas and I started my own school security consulting business. I coached girls high school basketball, uh, been a motivational speaker. Last year became an author. And then for the last nine years, I've been battling this rare form of cancer. So, yeah, it's been pretty diverse. Yes. But but, you know, I love that, though, you know, because often people get stuck, don't they? And just. They think they can only do one thing in their life and um, stepping outside. I call it, you know, amazing things rarely happen in your comfort zone. Um, you know, step outside them and that 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 circle just grows and grows and grows. So 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 come on, let's let's go then this this nine years then. How how did life change for you nine years ago? Yeah. So back in 2012, I was a, a girls high school basketball coach uh, in Texas, as I mentioned, and I had a callus break open on the bottom of my foot. And initially, I didn't think too much of it because as a coach, you're on your feet a lot. But after a couple of weeks when it didn't heal, I went to see a podiatrist, a foot doctor, mm -hmm. friend of mine. And he took an x-ray and he said, Terry, I think you have a cyst in there and I can, I can take it out. And he did. And he showed it to me. It was a gelatin sack with some white fat in it. Nothing, no dark spots, no blood, nothing that would give either one of us concern. But he sent it off to pathology. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks later, I get a call from him. And as I mentioned, he was a friend of mine. And the more difficulty he was having telling me what was going on, obviously, the more frightened I was becoming until he finally just laid it out. He said, Terry, I've been a doctor for 25 years. I have never seen this form of cancer. You have a rare form of melanoma. 
that wow. appears on the palm of the hands or the bottom of the feet. And I recommend you go to MD Anderson, which is certainly the best cancer hospital, I think, in the United States, if not the world, and be treated. And so I did. And, you know, I had the bottom of my foot removed. I had all the lymph nodes in my groin taken out. And when I healed, I was put on a weekly injection of a drug called interferon to help keep the disease from coming back. And what interferon did for me was gave me severe flu-like symptoms for two to three days every week after each injection. And I took those weekly injections for almost five years. So imagine having the flu every week. Every week for five years. Yeah, for five oh. years. I remember when my oncologist suggested it, I looked at her like, that, that's, that's just cruel. I, I mean, why would you try to make a human being do that? And she was like, just do the best you can. And, and it, you know, I did. I did the very best I could. 2017, I had to stop the drug because it became too toxic and the disease came back. 2018, I had my left foot amputated. The disease kind of worked its way up my leg into my shin in 2019, two more surgeries. And then last year, an undiagnosed tumor in my ankle grew large enough that it fractured my tibia, my shin bone. And my only recourse right in the middle of the pandemic was to have my left leg amputated above the knee. And I also found out I had tumors in my lungs, which I'm being treated for now. Well, wow. Did that all start from this thing on the on your foot then? Yeah, totally. From this small little callus that broke open back in 2012, all of this has come about. God, and and Terry, for you know, from a from a melanoma perspective, just as you're talking there, many people think about that as just linked to to the sun. But was that in your case or or not? No, this is a. So you're right. The the vast majority of melanoma is you know some kind of sun damage, and the melanoma develops. There's a rarer form of melanoma, which I have, which appears on the the bottom of the feet or the palms of the hands. And there's an even rarer form that appears in our mucous membranes. So in our nose or our mouth or something like that, but it's still melanoma. So it, you know, I've asked my doctor numerous times, you know, how, how do you think this happened? Why do you think this happened? He's like, I have no idea. Usually it's a trauma or something like that that might instigate it. But I don't even, you know, I, I played basketball all the way up through college. I don't even remember spraining the, the ankle on that foot, not alone having a trauma. Wow. And, and when, from when you were describing that as you were first diagnosed, because diagnosed, because you mentioned about your groin. So how did it spread from your foot to your groin then through your limbs? Yeah, through the lymph nodes, it kind of went up into my groin. And they, they do what they call a sentinel uh, lymph node biopsy, where wherever the cancer is, they inject dye. And that dye travels up into the lymph nodes that that drain that area. I guess I, you know, for people mm. who don't understand what the lymph nodes do, they're kind of like the sewer system of the body. They get rid of all the excess fluid and, and things that are in your body. And I had three lymph nodes that kind of lit up during that uh, sentinel biopsy, and they were removed during the the part of the surgery where they took out the bottom of my foot, and then sent off to pathology. And one of them came back with a microscopic amount of, of melanoma in it. So I had a choice. Do, do you want to remove all the lymph nodes in your groin as a precaution? Or do you want to just take a chance that that was the only one that was there? And I thought, you know what, as long as we're doing it, you know, go big or go home, so to speak. 
Wow. God, God, right. God, you're remaining so positive through all this as well. This is this this is amazing. Well, look, we'll we'll take a break and, and then we'll just talk a little bit more about you know what you're doing now and how you've used this, right? Overcoming this adversity and challenge to uh, in, in the work that you do, if that's okay. Sounds good. Yawa Radio for your well-being and happiness. Tune in to Yawa Radio every Sunday between 4 and 6 in the afternoon for the Calm and Joy Show with me, Gabrielle Trainer. Each week I bring you the Calm and Joy Book Club. I chat with brilliant people all about how we can find more calm and joy in our complicated, messy lives and tons more, including top tunes, of course. So join me for the Calm and Joy Show on Sundays from 4 p.m. on Yawa Radio. With inspirational guests from around the world, inspirational quotes, the inspirational book of the week, the meditation hour, the quiet zone, and feel-good music. Yawa Radio is about well-being, happiness, and finding the beauty within. Enjoy. Be beautiful. Be happy. Be inspired. This is Yawa Radio. So you're listening to Yawa Radio. It is glass half full with uh, me, Steve. Uh, I'm talking to Terry Tucker over in Denver, Colorado. Um, if you've um, if you've missed the intro to this, then all I can say is uh, you need to listen again when we put it on our catch up page as well, because it's been absolutely fascinating. Uh, Terry's been sharing his story about how he was diagnosed with a very rare melanoma and uh, things sort of nine years on of sort of developed terry so so where are you now then in, in terms of your life after you've just described what has happened and uh it's got mindset must play a big part in where you're at it it really does i am um i'm in a clinical trial now for the tumors that i have in my lungs this this trial will more than likely not save my life it, it has uh shown some positivity it shrunk the tumors in my lungs by about 30 percent but in terms of mindset, you know, I played basketball starting at nine years old, played all the way up through college. And, and I think being part of a team sport taught me the importance of being part of something that's bigger than ourselves. You know, if, if you didn't do your job, not only were you going to let yourself down, you're going to let your teammates down, your coaches down, your fans, your parents, et cetera. And if you think about it, the biggest team game that we all play is this game of life. So I, every third week I go to the hospital Monday through Friday and I'm treated with a drug that just really beats the heck out of me. I, I mean, I, I shake violently, I throw up, I do all kinds of ugly, nasty things. And I've been doing it for a year now. I've got one year potentially to stay on this trial. And people have asked me, it's like, Terry, nobody would think anything less of you if you got off this. This is just very hard on your body. But what I keep trying to tell them is, yes, but it's part of something bigger than me. Because if five years from now or 10 years from now, these doctors can, can develop a drug or synthesize a drug that saves somebody else's life, then, then my life will have even more meaning. And again, going back to that's being part of something that's bigger than yourself. Wow, that's 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 an amazing way to to view things as well. That that is that is awesome. So What's this thing you, you talk about with the, the four simple truths, Terry? What's all this? 
Yeah, so four truths are, are these are four things that I've kind of learned and, and they're, they're not just, oh, I think about this. These are like the bedrock of my soul, so to speak. And, and I'll give them to you. I have them on a post-it note here on my desk and, and they're one sentence each. The first one is you need to control your mind or your mind is going to control you. The second one is we need to embrace the pain and the difficulty that we all experience in life and use that to make us a stronger and more determined individual. The third one is more of a, I guess, a legacy truth, for lack of a better word. And it's this, what you leave behind is what you weave in the hearts of other people. And then the fourth one is pretty self-explanatory. As long as you don't quit you can never be defeated. And I use these truths to help me make decisions. Should I get involved in certain therapies? Should I get involved in certain projects and things like that? Because they're, they're just part of me. And they're things that I've learned over these last nine years dealing with cancer. And I guess you've learned that as well through some of the things that you've done in the, in with the police and all that kind of thing. Because that's very much, I, I would think, I've never been a police officer myself, but then that's a lot of a team thing is there as well, isn't it? You know, you're all working together. You are. You, you absolutely are. You know, and we're all going to experience pain in our lives. Hmm. You know, pain is inevitable and it doesn't have to be cancer pain like mine or, or, or even any kind of an illness. You could flunk a test at school or break up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or not get the promotion at work that you think you deserve. Hmm. Pain is inevitable. Suffering, on the other hand, suffering is optional. That's what you do with that pain. Do you use it to make you a stronger and tougher and more determined individual? Or do you wallow in it and want people to feel sorry for you and feel sorry for yourself? Now, you know, there's no S on my chest. I don't wear a cape or anything like that. So, you know, I, I, I am a human being like everybody else. I have bad days. You know, there are days that I cry. There are days that I'm down. There are days that I'm depressed. I just don't let myself stay in that area. And I'm telling you right now, this is a choice. It's a choice of whether you want to use your pain to make you tougher or you want to take that pain and have people feel sorry for you. It's your choice. It's your choice. And that's a bit about controlling your mind, I guess. It's to That's totally about it. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, our brains are hardwired to avoid pain and discomfort and to seek pleasure. And we were, we were talking a little bit off air before we started, you know, our brains are good with the status quo. Status quo is fine. You know, don't mess with it. But the only way you're going to grow in your life is to step outside that status quo. I think we should all do one thing every day that makes us uncomfortable, that, that might be a little embarrassing, that might be a little scary for us. Because if we do that, that's just going to help us to grow. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. Whatever you find, that, oh, that's a little scary, go ahead and do it. I always tell young people, especially, if there's something in your heart, something in your soul that you believe you should do but it scares you, go ahead and do it. Because at the end of your life, the things that you're going to regret are not going to be the things you did. They're going to be the things you didn't do. And by then it's going to be too late to go back and do them. You know, then Terry, Terry I, I love that. I'll just share a, a story with you there from uh, well, a couple of things. First, before I share the story, um, there's a, there's a great book. I don't know if you've read it by Dr. Russ Harris. It is called the happiness trap. I have not. It's a, it's a, write it's, that down. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good book. Um, and in that book, you just reminded me there, he, um, he asks about happiness and pleasure and how people get happiness and pleasure confused. 
okay? Pleasure is very short-lived. If you enjoyed a nice meal and I put it back in front of you 10 minutes later, you couldn't eat it. The pleasure's gone. And he talks about um, if we live a rich and meaningful life, we will experience every emotion. That's what life is all about. And, and that's what you were just sharing there. And the story I was going to share about, um, it's about five or six years ago now. My mum had a, she, she had a, she had a fall uh, and she fractured a kneecap and it was a r real mess. And, and then she had to have an operation on a thyroid and things like that. And she wasn't too good. Um, and we were across looking after her and she was having, she was having a little bit of a moan. Okay. And, and what we said to her, I call it the, I call it the, the pity pot. So I said, mum, we're, we're all allowed some time on our pity pot. Okay. But what we're going to do, if it's okay with you, we'll have 10 to 15 minutes a day when you can moan a bucket full. You can really let it all go out, okay? But then we get off our pity pot and we get on with life. And at first she looked at me as though I'd completely lost my marvels. Um, but, hey, that's what she did. And, and she's still here now at the ripe old age of 92. And she still remembers that day when we said to her, Anna and I said to her, get off your pity pot, you know. And you're right, many people stay on there, don't they? They do. They, they, they can't seem to to move forward. And, and life makes it very easy for us to quit. You know, anytime we, we bump up against a little obstacle or, or, or something that prevents us from moving forward, oh, you know what? No, I, I'm done. I, I can't do that anymore. And, you know, I've had so many people over these last nine years that have said to me, you know, Terry, I, I could never do what, you, what you've done. And my response to them is usually like, yeah, you're right. You can't because you've already decided in your head that you can't do this. I mean, think back to college and that, you know, where, where people would go out and party all night before a big test, you know, and they, they get into the test. And it's, what do they say? Man, I'm really going to bomb this thing because I didn't study last night. Why would you say that to yourself? Why yes. would you set yourself up for failure? Why wouldn't you say, you know what? I spent I paid attention while I was here in class and I'm going to do great on this test. Yeah. I, I recall a, there was a, a test done or a study done back in the 1950s here in the United States at, a, at Johns Hopkins University. And it was a professor who took rats and he put them in a tank of water that was over their head. And he wanted to see how long they would tread water. And on average, the first time the rats treaded water for about 15 minutes. And just as they were about to sink and drown, he reached in and grabbed them, pulled them out, dried them off let them rest for a while. And then he put those rats back in that same tank of water. And the second time around, those rats treaded water for 60 hours. Think wow. about that. 15 minutes the first, first time, time, 60 hours the second time, which to me told me two things. One, the importance of hope in mm -hmm. our lives. And number two, how much more our physical bodies are capable of doing than we ever thought they could do. The the Navy SEALs, some of the toughest men, you know, in the military mm -hmm. here in the United States have what they call their 40% rule, which basically says that if you're at the end of your rope, that you can't do another push up or run another lap or, or swim another, uh, swim another lap, you're only at 40% of your maximum, and you still have another 60% left to give to yourself. So think about Ooh. all these obstacles that you're going to butt up against. And, and think about how much more you can give to yourself. And when you butt up against them, just keep going. All you got to do is move forward. And I always tell people, you don't have to get great all, all of a sudden or overnight. Just get 1% better every single day. If yes. you get 1% better every day, 
at the end of a month, you'll be 30% better than when you started. Yeah, Jess, uh, uh, you just reminded me of another book as well, The Slide Tedge by Jeff Olson. There's another one and uh, that's, that talks about that. And uh, I, yeah, again, you know, just just on that as well, you know, the language that we use, you know, I, I was doing some work with some group of people and we were just changing the way they, the language they used. And like, just using a phrase like, I'm tired, okay? Well, just flip it and say, I could do with more energy, okay? You just flip the flip the words you use, and uh, and your physiology will change for crying out loud, you know. So um, I I get all that. I just I just love it. So tell me about your book. Yeah, sustainable excellence. The the ten principles to living your uncommon and extraordinary life. That was a book that was really born out of two stories or two conversations I had. One was with a former basketball player who'd moved to Colorado, where my wife and I live, and we'd had dinner with her fiance and her one night. And I remember saying to her, I'm glad you're living close and I can watch you find and live your purpose. And she got real quiet for a while. She kind of looked at me and she's like, well, coach, what do you think my purpose is? I said, I have no idea what your purpose is, but I think that's what your life should be about. Finding the reason you were put on this earth and then living that purpose. So that was one conversation. And then the second one was uh, with a young man in college who reached out to me and wanted to know what I thought he should learn to not just be successful in his job or in business, but in life overall. And I didn't want to give them the, you know, get up early, work hard, help others. Not that, mm. not that those aren't important. They are. They're incredibly important. But I felt they'd been done. So I wanted to see if I could maybe go a little bit deeper with him. So I, I thought about some things for a while, things in my life, things in other people's life. And eventually I came up with these 10 thoughts, these 10 ideas, the, these 10 principles. And I sent them to him. And then I sort of stepped back and I was like, you know, I got a life story that fits underneath this principle. <laughs> or I know somebody whose life emulates that principle. So literally, I had my, my leg amputated in April of 2020, started chemotherapy in June of 2020 for the tumors in my lungs. And during that three-month period where I was healing, I sat down at the computer every day, and I built stories underneath each of the principles. And that's how the book came about. Wow. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So I'll tell you what, we will, we will feature that book because every, um, every week here on the hour radio, we have the inspirational book of the week. Okay. Great. Thank you. So I'm assuming uh, the book's available from Amazon so I can get a bit of a preamble about the book on there uh, and we'll do a little bit and, uh, and, and, and promote that book for you as well and get that message out there. So that would be uh, absolutely awesome. So Terry, if people want to find out more about you and want to get in touch and about the work that you're doing now, how can they do that? So I have a, a blog that I started back in 2019 called Motivational Check. And it, uh, I put up a, a, a week or a daily thought for the day that usually there's a little question with it that kind of gets you to think about it. On Mondays, I put up the Monday morning motivational message, which is usually a longer story or a video. Uh, you can get access to my uh, social media accounts. You can buy the book there. So motivationalcheck.com will pretty much get you to me. And why the name Motivational Check then? So Motivational Check was a, a phrase when I was in the police academy. Uh, we had a defensive tactics instructor, a great guy. And he had he, he did a couple things. He, he had us bring a photograph of, of the people we love the most to class every day. And as we were learning to defend ourselves, we were to look at that photograph because he reasoned you're going to fight harder for the people you love than you're going to fight for yourself. So that was one kind of off the wall thing that he did. But I'll tell you, it really mattered. And it was very important. 
And then the other thing he did was he developed this phrase, motivational check. So anytime we were doing something physical and somebody was like, man, I'm just kind of at the end of my rope. I'm tired. I can't go on. I, you know, I, I, I just can't do this anymore. You could yell out kind of like you're saying, you know, if, if you yell, if you scream, it makes you, it puts your body into a different <laughs> state. So he would, he would have us yell out motivational check. And the, the rest of the class would respond with a, an 84. We're the 84th recruit class just to let that person know that, hey, we're all here for you. We're in this together and we're going to get through it together. So when I was looking for a title for the blog, motivational check seemed to be a good one. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, well, look, that's where people can find you. And I tell you what, it's been a really pleasure talking to you. I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, wish you all the best, my friend, with uh, with the future. Hope all goes well. And uh, we look forward to featuring your book. And uh, whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have a wonderful day. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yawa Radio, bringing the feel-good feeling to every day. Well, thank you for joining me on this week's Glass Half Full podcast. If you'd like to join me as a guest, then why not get in touch? You can email me at steve at stevetwynham.com. And also, if you're looking for a radio station that is that little bit different, that brings you all about well-being and happiness and personal development and great music too, then check out Yawa Radio. That's Yawa spelt Y-O-W-A-H dot co dot UK. Check out Yawa Radio, bringing that feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. So once again, thank you for joining me on today's Glass Half Full podcast. It is produced and presented by myself, Steve Twynham, and copyright applies. And whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have the best day you possibly can.